You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 138th program of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation dedicated to social change since 1997. I'm Jennifer Burrell, your host today. Jacques isn't with us for this program, but we are joined by Ashley, who will tell us a bit about her story and give us the human side of living on Centrelink payments known as JobSeeker. Welcome to the program, Ashley. Hi, Jennifer. It's a real pleasure to have you on and thank you so much for coming on the program. So to start with some context, currently JobSeeker payments are set well below the poverty level, about $287 per week if you have a partner and about $315 per week if you're single with no dependent children. So just think about that, living on between $287 and $315 a week. There's obviously not much money for rent if you're on $287 or $315 per week or for anything else for that matter, obviously. If you're single with children, the job seeker rate is slightly higher, about $338 per week. And job seeker payments for singles over 60 are also about $338 per week. Recipients may also get some rent assistance, which usually covers a small proportion of the rent. But these levels are all punishingly low. It's well established that they don't cover the basic cost of living and are well below the poverty line, and there's a lot of research demonstrating that. But today I wanted to look at the human side of these figures, And to help with this, Ashley has kindly agreed to share her story. So firstly, Ashley, can you tell us a bit about your work history and what sort of work you specialise in? Well, I started working uh, on Thursday nights and Saturday mornings while I was still at school. Mm -hmm. The only break I had in um, working was in uh, the few years in my 20s when my parents were dying. And then I went straight back to work. And then I worked solidly up until um, 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after I left that job, um, nobody has hired me. Mm. So that's a long time, since 2013. So that's eight years. Yes. And my, I specialise in horticulture. Mm-hmm. And I am also a qualified pathology collector, in other words, um, a vampire, as people mm. call me. Um, mm. uh, I've also done professional driving, but not of trucks, only of passenger vehicles, and I have a special licence for that. Um, 
I have small amounts of experience in other areas as well, but none of it's made any difference to being able to get a job. I was 57 when I last worked. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty crushing. Did you, looking back when you were working, did you ever think you'd be in this situation? No, no, I didn't. I thought um, as long as I was qualified and had experience, it didn't matter what colour my hair was, you know, Mm. just because my hair is silver. um, People make assumptions about how you want to work, when you want to work, um, whether you're up to date, whether you can use computers, you know, whether you have skills that young people have today. I do have all those skills, but I've never gotten to the interview stage to tell anybody that. Yeah. So you don't even get to interview, Ashley? No. And um, I think you're suggesting some sort of age discrimination? I suspect. Um, I I don't know for sure, um, but I have never had trouble getting a job in my life before. Um, Yeah. And that seems to be the only variable. Yeah, and it's really hard to imagine when you're in continuous work all the time that someone who wants to work can't get work. Like like you said, you wouldn't have imagined it happening to you before. That's right. Um, uh, I am doing some work now in return for a roof over my head because I've been a couch surfer for the last two years. Yeah. I, I just finally ran out of all resources um, to be able to rent for myself. Yeah. And I would like to talk more about that uh, in this interview. But I guess uh, firstly, uh, before we get to that, you obviously love, really want to work and you love to work and you've worked since you were 14 at least while you were at secondary school. You were doing some part-time work That's and you were right. 14. Um, but your last job was 213. So, yeah. Ashley, what would you say to government ministers and the Prime Minister, who suggests people like you don't want to work and aren't really trying. What would you say to them? Know me. Mm-hmm. Get to know me. Speak to me. Don't make assumptions. Yeah. And, and as you say, you've applied for hundreds of jobs. Yes. Which you which you're qualified with, and I think you told me before you've had three replies. Yes, yes. Which isn't isn't very which must be very disheartening. So I have to commend you for your persistence because I think a lot of people give up when they keep applying and don't get any responses. Uh, you can't give up. If you give up, they will cut you off instantly. Centrelink, I mean. Mm. If you don't apply for the number of jobs they say. And I know some people apply for jobs they're not qualified for simply to get the numbers up, but I haven't been um, in that that situation because I have a lot of experience and I have um, two tertiary qualifications. Um, So I've been able to only apply for jobs I'm qualified for. Yeah, so so I get your point too that with the requirements for applying for jobs all the time, a lot of people would be applying for jobs just because they have to, which yes. uh, employers actually complain about. They get big piles of applications that obviously aren't appropriate. That's correct. Uh, which wastes everyone's time. But you're actually applying for jobs that you really want and you are qualified for and you and right. obviously very motivated as well. So I think you told me uh, when the COVID supplement 
was added to your uh, income last year, the Centrelink payment, that you were able to function well enough to apply for a a teaching role at a TAFE. And I think support for the course was withdrawn. Can you tell us a bit about that? Uh, Well, that was um, during uh, COVID I applied for that job. I actually did the um, interview via Zoom in my pyjamas. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> very normal these days. Don't worry. And I knew I had a very good chance of getting that job. Uh, but then the government changed which TAFE courses it was going to support and which ones it was going to reduce the cost of and which ones it was going to increase the cost of. And uh, so the, the actual position disappeared oh. because the government didn't want to support horticulture as much as they wanted to support um, electricians, plumbers, carpenters, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's really, uh, that must have been so crushing. You were so cloaked as well. It was. I could have worked one day a week and survived. Yeah. The pay rates for TAFE teachers are just phenomenal, four times Mm. the most I've ever earned before. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think you also mentioned mentioned something else interesting that often because because so many people are struggling, they're doing jobs for casually for really low rates. So with horticulture, you you can get someone to mow your your lawn for some really low rate. So why why pay a qualified person proper money when you can get someone a handyman? I agree with that. But the work I do is horticulture, not greenkeeping. So uh, I don't do lawns. Yeah, okay. And Um, and I guess the other... It's, It's a specialty as well. Yes, and I guess also you do do voluntary work for two days a week and that's another point, that voluntary work is work, it's just not paid work. So it's not like you're not working either. That's right and it costs. You, It costs you to get to work and back and, and sometimes to buy food while you're out, that sort of thing. So um, volunteer roles cost the volunteer yeah, to do the I, work. I yeah. They shouldn't really, but I know that does happen. We'll now go to a music break uh, with Oh Cruel World by Great Aunt and we'll continue our conversation after that. But I would like to add that it is really government policy that's cruel uh, as evidenced by Ashley's experience and a lot of other people's experience as well. So enjoy the music. Couldn't hold her 
was a lesson to learn on her own to make a stand. Oh, cruel world. Oh, my girl. about a voice in our own country. We've got a reason to be screaming out, where's our voice in this country? You know, not that I want to be a part of the Constitution for that, you know. That's why 3CR is so important to, to me and this community here. We've got a voice, but it's not, you know, we're entitled to a bigger voice than what we've got, but it's all about having a voice. Subscribe to 3CR, fiercely independent and community controlled. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03-9419-8377. From every corner of the land, womankind arise! Women on the Line, a current affairs program devoted to women's voices, covering a diversity of women's interests and hearing women's perspectives on current affairs. Militantly, never you fear. Erosion of human rights leads directly and inevitably to erosion of human security. We do not accept the denial of our rights because the right to have a say over our country is our life. Women on the Line. Tune in on Mondays at 8.30am and Wednesdays at 6am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am. And streaming live at 3cr.org.au. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR, 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital, and streaming at 3cr.org.au. I've been talking with Ashley about her long history in the paid workforce, which came to an unexpected end eight years ago. And, her, and we're talking about her sincere and persistent struggles to get back into the workforce. Now we're going to talk a bit more about life on below poverty level Centrelink payments known as JobSeeker. 
Ashley, the federal government thinks we should keep Centrelink payments low so people have, uh, still have incentive to work. But many people like you obviously want to work and obviously don't need the incentive of extreme poverty or financial hardship to make them apply for jobs. Can you tell us what your job seeker payment is per week and the effect this has on you in terms of housing and food and your life in general? Uh, well, now I get $346 a week. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a phone um, addition and a little bit of electricity. Um, that's why mine's a little bit higher than some other people's. Um, but I've learned how to live on two meals a day. I haven't had three meals a day for years. Wow. Also, when I was um, applying for jobs uh, when, while I was renting, I couldn't afford a haircut. So how mm. can I go for a job interview uh, mm. looking like, you know, an old-fashioned hippie? Mm-hmm. It, it would take me um, at least three months uh, to save up enough money for a haircut. Yeah. Uh, and that was as long as no other disasters happened. Mm. So you're, you're so I guess what you're pointing to is it's really hard to present for jobs when you don't really have the money for basic grooming. That's correct. There are places where you can get clothing Mm. But there is nowhere that I found that you could get a haircut. Mm. So, so I yeah, guess, you, you yeah. just go without everything special and you go without basics as well. Um, it, it, it's just awful when you, you don't have enough to eat. Um, there was periods where I had to rely on friends to supply me with food just so mm. as I could pay the rent. Now I find even if I apply to rent places, um, a real estate fellow told me that they will not rent to people on JobSeeker because they know if it comes to a choice between rent and food, people will buy food and they'll get behind in the rent. Yeah, so what you're pointing to is real discrimination by uh, estate agents towards people on Centrelink payments. Uh, well, I think let that's alone being able to I, would, I would call it discernment. I don't call it mm. discrimination because uh, fair enough, you know, if you go into a grocery store, um, you won't get food without paying. So mm. I don't see why a real estate agent would, would give you a home if you're not going to pay the rent. I, I think that's very mm. discerning of them. Um, mm. It's just unfortunate that these messages don't seem to get through to the upper levels of government. Yeah. So uh, I'm really interested in the, in the rent and the housing situation, Ashley, because as you told me, you stopped working, suddenly lost work eight years ago, but you were able to maintain rent for six years because you were yes. in a share house. And then, uh, as you told me, the other women left and you couldn't, and it was during COVID and you couldn't replace them. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, it was April 2020. Mm, And then so for the last two years, Ashley, you've been homeless. Yes, I've been couch surfing, Mm -hmm. staying with friends, yeah. So can you talk a bit about that? They get fed up with that after a while. You know, it changes 
changes the household's lifestyle. And as much as you can try and help and disappear into the background, um, it's very disruptive to a household to have someone um, living there that you weren't expecting and that can't really contribute very much financially. Yeah, and it's obviously not a permanent situation, which I guess is why it's classified by the Australian Bureau Bureau of Statistics. Couch surfing is a form of homelessness because you're not in permanent home. You're not That's in a correct. home. That's correct. And I think you said you're um, minding a house in some gardens at the moment. So Yes, in return for labour. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a better situation, but still it fits a cate- uh, the category of homelessness because it's precarious. It could end any time. It's not a that's permanent right. arrangement. That's right. That's right. Um, if at my age I find labouring hard labour uh, a bit more difficult than I did when I was younger, and if if my knee should blow out or something like that, or if I tear the tendon in my shoulder again, um, then I can't work. And I, I'm living under a roof in return for my work. Yeah. So in terms of the level of Centrelink or job seeker payments, what do you think needs to be done, Ashley? Well, first of all, uh, rent assistance needs to go up a lot. Um, mm-hmm. As house prices rise, um, rent assistance should be indexed to the rise in house prices and the amount of rent people are paying. Mm -hmm. And secondly, the base rate should go up. Also, um, the government should uh, allow free education for anyone that's on JobSeeker, you know, so that Mm -hmm. you can can go and upgrade your skills. um, uh, but it needs to be properly assessed by a professional employment consultant, and I don't mean job providers. Those mm-hmm. job providers that I've come across have really no idea about assessing people for what mm-hmm. uh, they are good at and something they should pursue professionally and therefore uh, pursue in an education sense. Mm. Well, that's another system that needs overhauling too, that job seeker provider system, as well as yes. raising centre links and rent assistance. Yeah, rent assistance is the main one. If 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 people can more easily afford their rent, then they'd have um, the rest of their money to be able to put towards getting work or upgrading their skills to get work. And I guess, Ashley, however you slice it between job seeker and rent assistance, basically you need more money to live on to cover the basics and to get yourself out of the situation that you're in, um, including out of homelessness. That's correct. And I want to contribute to society too. It's humiliating uh, to be out of work and living off um, other people's taxes. I hate it. but, Ashley, I would like to point out something, is that you were in the paid workforce for, I'm calculating, about 40 years, and you have yes. paid tax most of your life. So yes. this is a tax that you've been paying for other people who are in your situation all those years. So I want you to just, and people, you and people in your situation, try to remember that. Unfortunately, okay. we... Hmm? I was brought up with the Scottish work ethic. 
<laughs> yeah, I can hear that. You're a, you're a, you very fiercely want to work. But unfortunately, I do have to bring this uh, discussion to an end. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for sharing your story today, Ashley, and for helping us understand a bit more why we need to raise uh, Centrelink payments, including rent assistance and job seeker, as a matter of urgency. And your story's really helped me understand it more uh, the, the situation of yourself and pe- the situation of people like you. So I want to thank you for your courage and for putting yourself on the line today and on all the other occasions that I know you've been advocating as well for people in your situation. Well, thank you, Jennifer, and I'm, I'm hoping that employers out there are listening as well. Yes, Um, And I'll give you a little plug in a moment. I would also like to thank the Australian Council of Social Services, or ACOS, for putting me in touch with Ashley. ACOS is running a great campaign and has been for a few years now to have Centrelink payments raised to a fair and just level to at least $483 per week, which doesn't seem like too much to ask really, and to raise Commonwealth rent assistance by 50%. Uh, the ACOS campaign is called Raise the Rate, and you can support it by going to, this is one word, raisetherate.org.au. That's raisetherate.org.au. If you want to support Think Again and 3CR and hear the voices of people like Ashley, make sure you're a 3CR s- subscriber too. You can do this online at 3cr.org.au or by ringing 03-9419-8377. By doing this, you can help bring about a better and a fairer world where our common wealth is shared properly instead of being funneled more and more up to the already wealthy who certainly know how to game the system. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio today. If you want to contact us, you can email Borderlands. That's borders at borderlands.org.au. If you think you have some work for Ashley, who um, who we heard from today, you can also email us at borders at borderlands.org.au and we'll forward your email to her. But I should point out she does live in Sydney. So that's email is borders at borderlands.org.au. Also remember our programs are available by podcast wherever you get your podcasts and via the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Meanwhile, stay tuned for the following program, Jailbreak, which gives a voice to our brothers and sisters in prison. To bring us into this program, we have Milkumana by King Stingray.
3CR subscriber today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03-9419-8377. Be a part of your community radio station.